I'd like to pray. God, we're just grateful that you're here. Something special as we sing together as your church and your people that you're here, you're present, you meet with us. God, I thank you that you touch hearts that are heavy and hurting, God, with your, uh, your peace and your presence. God, I thank you for all that you've done in, in people's lives over this last year through what you've led us into at Coast Vineyard Church. And God, we look forward with anticipation. We look forward with uh, some knowledge of what's ahead. A lot of, we're not quite sure what's ahead, but we look forward to it because this is your church. We are your people and we choose to be led by you as best we know how. And once again, we say, God, we ask for your blessing, your leading and your guidance Help us to see the things that you're doing so that we can step alongside you and be a part of it. Amen. Okay. All right, so I'm going to invite Jacinda up. My wife, Jacinda, and she's going to share a few things. Very cool. Look, before we dive into everything, we are going to cover kind of quite a bit of stuff this morning. Um, but as we do, can I just invite you to just notice what you notice. Pay attention to things that sort of stick with you, that God captures your attention with, and then attend to that. Give yourself some space later in the day or, you know, this evening or something to actually spend time talking to him about those things. Because, you know, some of what we're going to say is going to land in your hearts, and that, that's the stuff maybe that God's inviting you to step into this year. And there's going to be invitation in different places along the way. But I just would encourage you just to pay attention to the nudges of the Holy Spirit as we do that. Can you do that? Marvellous. All right, well, before we look forward, let's just do a quick review back. Let's reflect back on the last 12 months. Uh, we had a quick look at our vision message from beginning of last year, and at that point, we were gearing up for the move to this venue. We had been meeting in Stanmore Bay School, and uh, and we asked you to, uh, to go with us on that journey. Many of you were with us then. And we talked about how we anticipated that as we made this move here, that God was going to send people to us. And that for us, that would be, it's going to mean that we have to choose a posture of having our arms open wide to embrace those that God sent our way. And that that might not always feel comfortable. And uh, since we've moved here, so not quite 12 months, we've actually grown by 30%. I know, well, we were just like, oh, yeah, it's just God, God's up to stuff, eh? And so as he's bringing people in, can I just say on behalf of both of us and on our staff team, just how grateful we are that you have, you took what we talked about last year and you have lived it. You have done it. And, uh, and so many people have come and visited and then chosen to stay because of the warm welcome and invitation and embrace that you, all of us have offered them. And so can I just say, well done, and let's keep doing more of it, because I don't think he's finished yet. Uh, over the year, we have had some big staff changes. Uh, we said goodbye to Bex and Kiran, who were our youth and assistant pastor. They headed off to lunch. Oh, look at them. That's, that's my daughter. Some of you might not know that, but that's my girl. 
don't know where she gets that from. Uh, and her husband, Kira, and they were on staff with us here at Coast, and uh, they're living in London, doing great, and God has sent us some great people to be able to lead us and sort of tag team from them. And so this year, we welcomed Rachel and Stanley, as they said, they've been here six months, we've got an awesome photo of them kind of going crazy and wild. Oh, the whole team. <laughs> we've got, we could do it live. <laughs> So we had uh, Rachel and Stanley join us. We had Zoe and her husband Jack arrive from Watford, London, um, and we're delighted to have them. Zoe's our youth pastor. Rachel uh, Haythornthwaite there. She's actually been with us since we started the church, but she stepped into the role as children and families pastor this year. And her daughter, Phoebe, on the end there, is overseeing um, our, our preschool area, and she's doing a bunch of design stuff with us in the office as well. So we had to say goodbye, but we've said hello to a bunch of amazing people that we uh, get to work with, and we're so delighted. We're so glad they said yes. It's very cool. Uh, and Shantae as well. Uh, she did an internship with us last year. She finished up at the end of the year, but she's still part of the family here at Coast. And in this last year, we've had a bunch of people saying yes to God in terms of just choosing to follow him for the first time in their lives, choosing to get baptized, um, and just seeing and hearing the activity of God in different people's lives and knowing that he is changing and transforming lives has been just so good. Just as a quick question, how many of us would say that our lives have changed for good through what God has done here at Coast Vineyard in the last 12 months? Put your hand up high. Look around. That's not all, you know, like there's more people that aren't here, but God has been up to good things in our lives, and we're just so, so very grateful. Matt, you wanted to, no, okay, no, no, we're not. Um, last week, we had Brad Jusak visiting with us, and he uh, led us in a great kind of message that led up to communion last Sunday, but I loved the fact that it actually fit us really well, even though he didn't know us. And he spoke into this whole thing about where everyone is invited to God's table. Everyone is invited into his family. And that is what we want to keep living into, is for us to be an outward expression of that. Everyone is invited, everyone is welcomed, everyone is included. And we have a part to play in that as we enter this new year. I love that we've been trying to live that out and flesh that out, and we just don't want to stop doing that as we go forward we think that love has led us here. Loving God as best we know how and loving the people that we rub shoulders with day to day as best we know. And we figure, we figure, that if love has led us here, then love will lead us on. And, uh, and we just have to keep leaning into one who fills us with that love. There you go. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, so... As we look ahead, what's God calling us into for this year? So the thing with God's church is that it's usually the same thing that he's been leading his people into for the last 2,000 years. And it's just in the sense loving God and loving people. And, uh, but, and so many of the things that we do are going to look the same. But there's a few things that we felt like we just want to share this morning that uh, we're just getting a sense of, you know, putting the spotlight on for this year. But most of the things that we'll be doing, like I said, just the same. You would have heard a lot of these things if you've ever been to a welcome lunch at Coast Vineyard. Uh, loving God, loving people. What we are, we're a, 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 a hospital, we're a school, we're a family, and we're an army. 
So that's something you want to remember. So like, what's your church all about? Well, we're a hospital, we're a school, we're a family, and we're an army. And then the things we do, what we do is we connect with God and each other. We grow in life and faith and ministry. We serve one another, and we go and make a difference in our community. So over this year, we're going to do a lot more of that. But one thing that we can count on this year is that there's going to be more of us. There's going to be more of us. We're going to continue to grow as a church. If we grow by just 10% over this next year, that'll be an extra 60 people. They can sit here. (laughs) If we grow by 30%, that's like 180 people. They can sit over (laughs) here. You know, there's this beautiful description of the church in the book of Acts in the Bible, it's just after, just as the church was getting started. And it's the church in Jerusalem. And it talks about how God was working powerfully among them. There's signs and wonders, miracles. They looked after each other. They built friendship with each other. They learned and they worshipped and they prayed. And God added people to them every day. And we need to practice those same things that will include the people who join us. You may need to sit right next to someone instead of, I know there's a socially accepted one-seat gap, but you might have to actually sit next to someone. Um, You may need to sit further forward. So uh, imagine that. I know it's like it's. I'm asking big things. <laughs> um, you might find someone here for the first time, and they're sitting in your seat. And like you thought, yeah, I didn't know I had a seat, but there they are. They're sitting in my seat, and you're looking at it, and you're starting to, you. Heart's starting to race and you're starting to hyperventilate and you have to take the family out of the fresh air. <gasps> What's wrong, Dad? What's wrong? It's okay, kids. It's going to be okay. We're, we're just going to have to sit somewhere different today. You come back inside and someone's saying, like, you know, you're okay. Maybe has someone taken your seat? It's like, let me help you out with that. We can help people that are struggling with that and offer some perhaps some midweek trauma counseling and but things are different yeah yeah things get full the car park gets full and the kids room since we've been here this last year we've we've had the to divide up the kids into bigger because like they're all in one room and then it's too many so then we said why don't we split the ages so this age goes in this room and we've had to add all these extra rooms and um Maybe queues for the toilets, but that's probably just the people on tank water. That's, that's what that is. So, but you know, love makes room for more people. And um, probably, if you can imagine, if we grow again, then we're gonna, it's gonna be a, a full space in here, and we're gonna have to maybe think about that, what we do with that. We may, maybe we could add another, another church service back in Fongaparoa and. And have some go there. Maybe we do like like an early and a late service on a Sunday morning, which can be great because then you can sort of work around your sports a little bit better, work around your baby sleep times and your 
your party recovery, all of that sort of thing, it can be quite handy. So, um, But we're going to grow, okay. And uh, so let's just, again, let's have our arms open. So let's look at these four things. We talked about these four things that we do, connect, grow, serve, and go. So let's, let's walk through some of those things, and I'm going to invite Jacinda to come back up again. Okay, so our first thing we want to talk about is connect. And we want to connect with God, and we want to connect with each other. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about kind of growing in that whole thing of connecting with God shortly. But can I just say that worship for us on a Sunday morning is a primary place for us to be able to connect with God and to be encountering his presence. So when we arrive, I know that it's awesome catching up with mates over coffee out in the foyer or in the back here, but actually we don't get the opportunity to all be together and to be able to worship together at all during the week, apart from Sunday morning. So why don't we make a, pr- a priority to actually be here at, on time or early? Grab oh. your coffee. I know, I know. <laughs> Grab your coffee early. But come in. And I'm not trying to say that like, come on, folks. It's more just you, we're missing out because, because God is present with us when we worship. And good things happen in us, and we get to be family together, worshiping Him. And so, I just, I actually want you to be able to experience that more and more through the year. And those, just something to ponder. Okay, it wasn't actually in my notes. I felt like kind of nudged to say that. Anyway, connecting with each other. So, as we grow larger, we need to intentionally go smaller. And what I mean by that is because we are becoming a large group of people, I think there's nearly 600 people that call Coast their home now, uh, we, can, we can easily become a crowd, which would actually just break my heart because we have this wonderful sense of community that's here and we need to intentionally pursue that as we continue to grow and make room for people. So the, one, the ways that we can do that is just to choose to connect with people in smaller settings. So uh, I, think, I think we forget the gift that there is in community and in that sense of extended family that we get to offer each other. We are sort of, um, we get to be the family we choose as opposed to the family we're born into. And sometimes for some of us, we've had to leave countries to move here or, you know, different parts of the country. And so we're not near our relatives And so that can be an incredibly isolating place to be. But church gets to be that for each other. We get to be that for each other. It's a gift we can offer each other. And I think, I cannot tell you the number of times that we talk to people that are just desperately lonely and isolated. And there's a vulnerability in that that makes them way more vulnerable to a whole bunch of things that aren't great. So we can make a difference, a very real difference in that. And so um, Matt put me onto this uh, news outlet called The Atlantic, and uh, it's, a, it's just a news service that's uh, online. And they, there was an article writing about um, how the nuclear family was a mistake. Don't panic. It's not saying that we're doing a bad job. Well, actually it is. It's saying that there's been this breakdown in extended family as we pursued nuclear family, but that that hasn't worked. And so we are left with all these people that are disconnected and lonely and isolated and vulnerable. And it's a great article. You may want to have a look at it. If you just Google David Brooks, The Atlantic, Nuclear Family, then that would come up for you to read. It was fascinating. But here's one of the things he says. Over the past several decades, the decline of the nuclear family has created an epidemic of trauma 
Millions have been set adrift because what should have been the most loving and secure relationship in their life broke. Today's crisis of connection flows from the impoverishment of family life. Slowly, but with increasing frequency, these drifting individuals are coming together to create forged families. These forged families have a feeling of determined commitment. The members of your chosen family are the people who will show up for you no matter what. On Pinterest, you can find placards to hang on the kitchen wall where forged families gather. Family isn't always blood. It's the people in your life who want you in theirs, the ones who accept you for who you are, the ones who love you no matter what. And for decades, we've been eating at smaller and smaller tables with fewer and fewer kin. It's time to find ways to bring back the big tables. That is the gift we can offer each other and offer the people in our community. It's profound. Let's not underestimate that. That's why I love the fact that today, many of us are having lunch around big tables in different people's homes all over the coast. So stoked about that. Thank you so much to everyone that's chosen to open up their home that way. But we have other things that we have throughout the year, and we know that all of us have got really busy schedules. It's not to fill up your calendar with more stuff. What we will try to do is create opportunities for us to choose to step into to connect with each other, to get to know each other, to start to build friendships, to be able to do life with each other and cheer each other on. So next Saturday... We've got the Wender Home Family Picnic. Bring all your kids and their friends and their friends' parents and come along for a good time. Summer Escape is coming up at the end of March. Honestly, that weekend, we have had people who have come to the church and only been relatively new. They came to Summer Escape and they felt like God pushed fast forward on connecting them in with other people here. It's, it's like, we, we figure it's like boosting by six months, the, the, the sort of Sunday equivalent. So if you can come, we'd love you to be there. But for each one of us, and this is one of those ones to listen to God in case he's nudging you about this, it's actually about prioritizing connecting with each other and choosing to turn up. And then looking around, talking to people, and noticing who it is that we can actually start to build relationship with. My prayer has always been, we've moved countries multiple times, it's always been, Lord, would you show me the people that you're bringing towards me? Give me the eyes to see who they are. And then he has given me friends that have been able to last decades. So I know he answers those prayers. And if you need that, ask him for it. And in term, and life groups are all kicking off, different kinds of groups that we've got going on. And what we would love is to have a group in every suburb on the coast. We don't. We have about 16 groups, 17 groups. We've got room for more. And different kinds of groups. Like if you do something that you love, like running or fishing or photography or reading or movies or whatever it is, and you could do it with other people, why not consider whether or not you could host a group and invite other people to come do the thing that you love doing? And just, you know, it's always more fun with friends. I'm an extrovert, can you tell? Everything is more fun with friends. So, um, but we would love to have more groups, more places for people to connect into. And maybe this year you're invited to be a part of that. Okay, so that's connect. The next thing is grow. How many of us have a PD budget, personal development budget, as part of our salary package at work? Some of us? Bunch of us. Yeah, cool. So here's what I'm wondering. 
in 2020, what PD allocation do we want to give to our time, energy, and money in all the other areas of our life? Our relationships with our spouse, our children, uh, health, um, our relationship with God, other areas, you know, within your journey with God that you want to develop and grow, what priority do you want to give that in 2020? Because it's like, it will cost us time, energy, and money to do that. The last two years I've been training as a spiritual director and um, going back and studying and having the pressure of assignments and workshops and all that sort of thing alongside of work and family and you lot, um, it was full, (laughs) made for a full time. But man, Thank you so much to those of you who cheered me on along the way when I was like, you know, frustrated with deadlines. The learning has been so good for me. And, but it's that whole thing of we actually have to choose to grow, choose to keep learning, that posture of choosing to keep learning. And, uh, and there are lots of places for us to do that, but our encouragement is look for them and then do something. One of the things that you could do is just attend church regularly. We know that you can access tons of really good messages online. Matt made the uh, brave and possible um, slightly scary step of Googling yesterday better preachers than Matt Lilly. (laughs) I'm like, why would you do that? Anyway, so he did that. There were 3 million and 70,000 hits in 59 seconds. (laughs) 0.55, no, 0.59 seconds. Not even one whole second. So it turns out there might be better people in the world that are better at this than us. Um, Hard to believe, I know, but it's true. Uh, So we know that there's a whole lot of good stuff, podcasts, all sorts of things you can access online, but there is a whole lot of stuff you don't get sitting in front of your computer or listening to your headphones that you get on a Sunday morning here at church. Nothing beats being his people together and worshipping God together in person. What we experienced this morning as we united our hearts and our voices focused on Jesus and lifting his name together, nothing beats that. We encounter his presence with us. And that experience of transcendence, of encountering God, is something we don't get alone at home. The opportunity for us to connect, here I am telling you off for hanging out over coffee before church, but actually that whole thing of just connecting, reconnecting with friends and meeting new people and being together and having that sense of I'm part of something much bigger than just myself. I don't have to just do this thing alone. There's a fresh reminder of that every single week when we gather together and there's the opportunity for us to both give and receive prayer in person face-to-face, someone who actually cares to join their prayers with yours. In Hebrews, Paul writes to the church, the Hebrew church, he says, let us consider how we may spur one another onward, another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. That's what happens when we gather together on a Sunday morning, and it pulls us forward. It keeps us growing and moving. And some of the other things to consider is, um, for those of you here in January, Amy Walker, one of our coasties who is a gifted teacher, she spoke to us and unpacked the whole parable of seed falling on different kinds of soil and different kinds of ground. And in her summary, she invited each of us to consider the state of our hearts, the soil of our hearts. 
And she mentioned that for many of us, we would identify with the soil that is either shallow, where our faith has not been able to really take root, or it could be that we are the ones that have have our faith strangled by the distractions and the worries of, of life. And I think, you know, I heard feedback from a number of people. like, oh, my gosh, that was, yep, that was me. And so the invitation for us, if we want to cultivate good soil in our lives so that we can grow, so that we can put our roots down, means that, yes, we come together as God's people every week, but there are things for us to do on our own to practice personally. Sunday church is not going to be enough to keep us, each of us growing. Don't rely on this as the only thing. It's like a starvation diet. If you want to grow fat on this thing, go deep with God. It's going to require personal practice. And uh, just last Saturday, I got to go to a prayer school with uh, Fiona and Rachel, some of our staff, and we learnt a way of praying using the liturgy uh, within our daily prayer practice. And it was just awesome. And it's just this whole thing of continuing to grow. I know for me that spiritual direction, I've been receiving spiritual direction for about seven and a bit years now, and it has been a primary place for helping me to notice what God is doing in my life and working with him as I continue to grow closer to him. And if, as, if, if you hear that and you kind of wonder, what is that and could that help me because I'm feeling a bit stuck or I just don't know really where to start with all of this, come and talk to me sometime about that. I may be able to help support you there. But other things that will happen through the year, we're really excited to have 24-7 prayer happening this year. The week before Easter, we're going to have non-stop prayer happening at the Hub. And it's an amazing opportunity to really just connect with God and be a part of something quite wonderful. Uh, parenting toolbox courses, Vineyard 101, the marriage course, there's all sorts of things that we're going to try to offer uh, alongside the other things that many of you do to help each one of us keep growing. So as you're sitting here today, or e- even as you go home today, talk to God about what is the next step for me. Ask God to show you what it is that's next. Not, not the five-year plan, but just what's next. And then as you work that out, Choose to put that into action. Ask for help if you, need, if you need to. Any one of our staff would love to have those kinds of conversations if we can help support you there. But I am totally convinced that if we are growing and thriving in our relationship with God, that not only our lives are going to be changed, but we're going to be infectious. And, we're out the, and the goodness of God that fills us will overflow to everyone we meet. And that seems like a pretty exciting way to live. All right, how's that sound? Sounds good to me. So, so we've done connect and we've done grow and we've got serve and go left to go. And I'm going to have to go very fast because one of our speaking team took longer than she should have, but I'm not going to name any names. It's just one of them. So, um, so serve one another. So when it comes to this, we've already had Stanley and Rachel talk about these opportunities, you know, for us to serve, but... Um, I just know that God plants passion in us to make a difference. I hear that, and I know that we encounter God and his love, and it's like, how can we do something and help change my little bit of the world? And uh, we love seeing that, and we love helping see those things 
become realities. So, you know, what, what's your passion? If you've joined Coast in the last 12 months, like, what, what is your passion? We might not have had those conversations. And today you've got this opportunity to join a Sunday team and something around on Sundays, maybe think, oh, I'd love to, like, welcome people. I'd love to be in the worship team. I'd love to um, serve people coffee. Um, but it's not just Sunday serving. It might be something that for out in the community, what is your, your passion? And, uh, but around this, so, so there's opportunity there, and that's a question I'd love you to, to ask yourselves and step towards things. But there's this one little, little area, but big area, that I just would love to touch on this morning around this whole way we can serve each other. And it's this whole thing uh, around giving, you know, financial giving. And like our understanding of the Bible's teaching around giving, it's pretty simple. And it's probably pretty different to perhaps where you'd get from other places, um, other churches. But what I see is that God's calling us to cultivate a generous heart. And he's calling us to give to what we believe in. Cultivate a generous heart and give to what we believe in. And like for me, like I believe in Coast Vineyard Church. I, just, I, I see lives change as people find God and follow God. I see... Uh, I see we help the needy, we're, we're helping people to do life well, helping people to find hope and peace and purpose and friendship and joy. And you know, when we started Coast Vineyard Church, we thought it would grow to about 300 people, but now like we're up to about 600 people and we're still growing. And so God has plans for Coast Vineyard to change lives in this community, and he's inviting us to resource these plans. So, you know, we've got this growing youth ministry, and we've got our, you know, Zoe, our wonderful youth pastor, who's out with the kids now, is um, is finding that she's there's just not enough hours in the day, under, and so we're going to need to increase her role. Looking at that as a possibility, we took on a paid children's worker uh, in the middle of last year, and we invited many of you. So, would you be able to help finance her? salary for like the first year and so many of you did but then like we're going to be into the second year so we're like you know what are we going to do and um you know feeling that you know god's uh this this call to to increase our efforts to help people find god i'll talk about that um shortly but it requires resource we're sensing god's invitation to have a staff community worker where their sole focus is to actually be out in the community in the places where you know, there's the, the, the real needs. And, um, and there's a lot of funding for that, but often you have to have something going before you can you know, have some credibility where people will say, oh, we'll fund that. So we need sort of seed money to get the, that sort of thing going. And so many, and I know that, well, I'm hoping that on the back of today, many of you will come and say, look, I've got this, this thing in my heart I'd love to see happen and it needs seed money to get some of these things going. So, And as well as that, we're, um, my expectation is that we're going to be starting coast vineyards in different places. And, uh, but it all takes resources. I, just, I really feel like it's just time to say to this, like, well, I think it's time that we need to step up. You know, I don't talk about money a lot. So like, if, you've, if you've never given regularly, you know, to, to your church, then you, know, you, sh- you should start. Try just giving like maybe $10 a week. And if you're already a giver, try and increase it a little bit and just see how God will look after you. 
how God will respond to that. You may, maybe you want to start giving 10% of your income, which is what the Bible talks about over and over as, as an invitation to, like, to, to, to give. And if you give 10%, maybe give more. If you've received a big chunk of money recently, you know, would God be inviting you to contribute some of that? And in 2 Corinthians 9.7, it's this wonderful practical bit of scripture where Paul's talking to the church and Apostle Paul. And he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, so there's no compulsion to give. But don't ignore the nudge from the Spirit of God either. If you hear that, you go like, mm, I like my money, but maybe God is nudging me to sow it into the kingdom. You know, a generous heart, it, it reflects God's good heart. And, and if he's calling us to be generous people, there's something about generosity that is, changes us. That's why, as, as your pastor, I can say this is a good thing because it does good things in you and I want you to become the, the best that God can make you. And becoming a generous person, cultivating a generous heart does that. So, you know, there's many people here that give, you know, they give 10% of their income. And they've got story after story of how God's looked after them. And so here's something I'd like to throw out. Why not for 40 days try contributing 10% of your income to the church and see what God does? Just an invitation. See what happens. So when it comes to serving, we're just going to do a whole bunch more of what we're doing, but I'd love to be hearing your stories. What are the things that are the passions that are in your heart that, that we could together, we can step, step towards to make a difference in our community? And the last thing we've got is, uh, is go. Go. That's the whole thing. Go love our community. Go love our community. And this is the thing that... In my summer holidays, um, I really felt like God speaking to me about increasing our focus on evangelism, increasing our focus on evangelism. Now, I thought that over summer that God and I, we were going to be talking about cricket, and, um, but he, he wanted to talk about evangelism, and evangelism is just a fancy word for helping people to find God. And you know, in Luke 15, we hear, we see this this scenario where the, the irreligious and the people of dubious reputation were hanging out with Jesus, just listening to, to just the good news about God that he was, he was sharing. And the religious people started grumbling that Jesus was hanging around with these, these people. And so Jesus responded with these three stories. There's a story of a lost sheep and how the shepherd left the 99 to go and find the one sheep that was lost. The story of a lost coin where there was one coin out of 10 that, that was lost and the woman turned the house upside down to find this coin. And then there's a beautiful story of the lost son, the son who took his inheritance while his father was still alive, squandered it on wild living, and then came sheepishly back home eventually. And we read that the father rejoiced. And it's just Jesus telling pictures of how big the Father's love is for those that um, haven't found him, that are lost to him. The Father rejoiced. His wayward son was back. He rejoiced. We rejoiced that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that comes and gets rescued 
than over many who are not in need of rescue. And Brad Jersak talked, talked a little bit of that last week. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to have a listen to that uh, message on our website and podcast there. But, um, oh, and just, just while I've got you here, just with Brad's message last week, some of the things, he, the way he talked about some of the things, it sounded a little bit like universalism. Universalism is, you know, people who would say they're a universalist say that every single person on the planet is, is, has been made right with God through Jesus, regardless of what they decide and what they, you know, and Brad is not a universalist. We don't believe that. We believe that there is some kind of line that you cross, and that's usually around those that turn to God. Those that turn to God can find his love, his acceptance, life for now and life forever. And those that, that, that for their whole lives turn their backs on God, they're, you know, they're choosing to be apart from God. So anyway, we're, um, so with evangelism, I just want to say Sunday church is very important to us with evangelism. It's, it's really important to us. Um, so, and we would hope that Sundays is a place that you can bring anyone, no matter who they are, what their background is, uh, it'll be warm and welcoming and helpful, inspiring, transcendent, not weird or dull or unwelcoming. And um, yeah, this is why that so many people work so hard to make Sunday Church a place where we can invite people to come to. We, and where we explain things. We explain a lot of things, not for, for you, but for the person that you invite that's never been to church before. So invite people. We read that in the story of the fishermen in the Sea of Galilee. You've got Andrew and Peter. And Andrew comes to Peter, who became the Apostle Peter, and says, I think I've met the Messiah. Come and see. He's just an inviter. He says, just come and see. And so Peter did. He met Jesus. So could I ask us that we would be an inviting people? Just... um. One of our young people just told me just before church, she says, I just was at work yesterday and I got talking to this person and, and I started talking about God and faith in our church and I invited them. And they're going to they're gonna come to the young adults nosh up after church today. I'm just like, just inviting. See what happens. So I'd encourage us, let's be on the lookout through the weeks. Who can we invite? We've got a big invite Sunday coming up Sunday after next. We do these where we say like, this is a great Sunday to invite people to. We're going to have flyers to give you next week so you can give to people that week and invite people along. And we're going to start this series where we're, uh, remember last year we said like, if you've got some big questions you'd like us to address from the front, then uh, let us know. We've got a bunch of replies coming back and we're going to kick off about a four-week series. The first one's going to be around social media um, and the good, the bad, and the ugly and how that sort of impacts life and, and faith. That's going to be a good one. The second one is going to be around sexuality so we all just divvied them up, and they said, Matt, you do that one. Um, so, um, but like, can I just say too, like, we're going to, that's, that's like about three Sundays time, and uh, we're going to be talking quite frankly about a few things. So if you've got kids, um, just make it think ahead of time, like, um, it's not, just, um, we're just... We're just going to get stuck into all of these uh, challenging things around sort of you know morality and truth and uh, homosexuality and gender fluidity and gender swapping and uh, we're just going to and what's God's best for us? So we're going to we're going to do it. So uh, and invite your friends.
Invite your friends that aren't Christians. Invite your, your friends, your, your gay friends. Invite, invite them. It'll be, a good, it'll be a good day. I promise. Um, we're going to talk about evil and evil spirits and deliverance and uh, things like that. People have been asking about that. So anyway, we're going to send out the flyers next Sunday. And um, we're getting close to finishing, so I'll just wrap this up very quickly. But we're also, in November, for those of you that were around last, year, last November, like the school has exams in here, and they say, you guys can't be in here. So we did a couple of things differently. Remember we did the outdoor service? That was pretty cool, eh, the outdoor service? Well, we're thinking, like, well, why don't we take our outdoor service into a more public space? And then we just, you know, we make sure that whatever we're doing there is just, is just going to be so um, welcoming and, and inspiring and invite people into this relationship with God. So that's some, so the evangelism thing is, it just feels like, you know, it's, it's, we just, we, we do good stuff, but I feel like God's just kind of saying, okay, just lift it up a notch for, uh, for 2020. And, uh, and we're going to have like an outreach interest meeting. Those of you that got like ideas that, or just, just that you'd love to get involved in something to do with outreach. We're going to have a meeting around that on, uh, after church, uh, in a couple of Sundays time. And if you'd like to come along, we can just, just bounce ideas around and, um, and see where it goes. So, all right. That thing there, I'm going to do next week, and that bit there is awesome. <laughs> it's like they do on the TV, eh? They give you a little, little snapshot of the TV show for next week. So, boy, you wouldn't want to miss next week. <laughs> okay, one last little thing, and then we'll, um, then we'll, we'll close. But uh, just a little thing, like um, we. Uh, we started the church um, seven years ago, uh, just two or three families uh, in our lounge at, uh, in our house. And um, so in the middle of this year, it'll be seven and a half years, and uh, Cindy and I are actually going to take a sabbatical. So we're going to be away for, um, for three months, sort of mid-May to mid-August. We're going to leave you in the capable hands of our staff team and pastoral leadership team and management team. And uh, just wanted to let you know, and we're, um, that's happening, time of rest, time of reflection, and time of refocusing. So we're pretty excited about, um, about that, uh, and excited about coming back from that and then jumping into the next season here. So, but for this year, like the biggest thing I'm excited about is just what God's going to do in us and through us in the year. Um, you know, we just... We just love seeing God change lives, and we love seeing people find uh, a community of faith where they can come in and they go, "I can do life here. I can do. I can explore faith here. I can step into things that I was made for here, and find life and hope and joy and fruitfulness." So, um, and you're going to find that as you join us on the journey. And so we're looking forward to this year. So anyway, let's all stand together. If that's, that's me, but I would just love to, uh, I would just love to just spend just a few minutes. We'll just, just you know, when God's present with us, he's, there's always things he's doing in lives. And I think what I'd like to do is just, 
just as we're standing, and we sort of ask you to stand just so that I know you're all awake. That's the main reason, okay? Um, and just to stop and just say, what, what was it that, that was shared today that just seemed to land? And let's give you a chance just to ponder that and just an opportunity to say yes. Yes and amen to that thing that God is saying, how about this? you for this year. So why don't you take a moment to do that. I just seems to there's some people here that are just there's been something in their in their history, in their journey where they've they've just got a little stung by life in church and uh, and there's that sort of once bitten, twice shy thing where you're just like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can commit to something again. And I just feel like just uh, that God would say to you is that you only get the benefit, um, the most benefit out of a relationship when there's commitment. It's where the real benefit comes when there's commitment. So whether it's here or somewhere else, we just encourage you to it'd be good to commit to the to, to a community of faith, to the family of God. So God, we are grateful as we look back. We're excited as we look forward. And we just pray, God, for each person here. We pray blessing. We pray fruitfulness. We pray for joy. We pray that you would increase for each one of us that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know you more. We can see your leading and all that you're inviting us into. And the big things and the small things. And God, we pray for those in this community that haven't found us yet, but are going to this year. We pray for them, God. We pray life and peace and joy in them and that you would lead them to us and that we would welcome them in and that they would know your goodness and your love in powerful and life-changing ways this year. God, lead us on. This is your church. We say this Vision Sunday. We say again, this is your church. We are your people. Lead us on in Jesus' name. Amen.